on a smooth Lord have mercy Tuesday evening. How's everyone doing? It's the Teddy Bear. Welcome to Night Tracks Radio. And today's on the spotlight, gifted singer, songwriter, and producer to his credit. The legendary basses from Prince and the Revolution. My man, the one and only Brown Mark. Brother, how are you doing this evening? I'm, I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing fine, man. It is an honor to have you on the show. So much to talk about. First of all, I have a bone to pick with you, man. I have been waiting for a Maserati album for a long time. What, what is going on? <laughs> you know, I, I, man, I've been trying to put those together, but uh, I can't get it released for one thing. I don't own the masters, so. Um, I wanted I wanted to re-release some of the old stuff with some new stuff, but the second problem I ran into was just getting the guys together, man. It's just you know a lot of lot of stuff going on there, so it was easier for me to just leave it alone for a while. I said, come on, man. It's like we got the first album. I'm like, okay, waiting is five, then 10 years has passed by. And then I see periodically, I you know, I see you on the different as far as on doing the videos and everything. And people asking questions about, man, because that first album was something else. You did a fantastic job oh, on that album, you, man. Oh, oh my you. pleasure. I, I wanted to ask you, not just being a very gifted musician and songwriter, what gives you more gives you more pride working behind the scenes or actually performing now that's a good question um you're the first person that's ever asked me that i like that um, <laughs> I, really really i i like working behind the scenes a lot of people think that um the solo career that that was like my first love no you know when i when i played with prince I, I stayed with him so long because I didn't have that desire to do my own thing. That's why I put Maserati together. They, so I could kind of live vicariously through them and build them up to be what I would have been had I, you know, left Prince after the first year. So um, as I started getting into producing, I got signed to Motown. And, you know, they really pushed that solo artist thing on me. I, that's not what I wanted. I wanted to stay in producing. So, unfortunately. Because I've, I've always looked at you as a very creative person. I'm going all the way back to the controversy days. As oh, far as being, oh, my pleasure. Being creative as far as being a, being a songwriter. And it's interesting you said about as far as staying with Prince that length of time, working behind the scenes, because I know with Prince, he looked at the time as his alter ego. And then when I yeah. look at you, I look at Maserati. It's, just, <laughs> it's almost so exactly. your, your alter ego. And you were able to pour so much into that group. And I'm saying right now, here we are in 2022 and God, the yeah. is right around the corner. What are some of the plans that you set aside for yourself as far as working with art other artists or collaborating or doing some songwriting for other artists? Well, you know, as you probably know, the, the industry is so different now. It, it's a yeah. different playing field and everybody's a producer. Everybody got a home <laughs> studio. Everybody's a recording artist. Everybody's a producer. 
So it's really hard to break through. Uh, I found it's hard to break through the egos that start to develop in one's mind once they learn that oh, I can put I can put some tracks together. They don't realize that it's way more to it than that. There's a there's a whole um, theory behind it. There's a whole psychological aspect, marketing, and uh, there's so many different aspects to it. So the trouble that I've run into working with artists, uh, newer artists, is that, you know, they they don't feel they need anybody. They got all the answers. So um, hopefully in 2023, you know, I got a lot of stuff in the fire. I'm just hoping that I'll be able to push through and re-enter the in- industry the way that I want to. And that is, uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to release a uh, Brown Mark Nation album uh, with me and my guys. It used to be the Bad Boys of Paisley, uh, which was a, or you know, kind of a bleed off of Maserati. Um, so I'm gonna, we're gonna put a record out probably by summer. And then I have some other things that I'm doing as well. As far as working with other artists, though, hey, send me your demos. I'd be more than happy to work with anybody. <laughs> but I just don't want no drama. You know, if you want to work, let's work. But right, you know, I, I understand that drama. Yeah. The vibe, the vibe that I've always got from you, I may be wrong, won't be the first, and definitely will not be the last. You're very meticulous in your work. Business is business, work is work. The craftsmanship, the craftsmanship of putting something together is like a newborn baby. This is your baby. You're putting all the love and emphasis on doing that, and I see a lot of artists today. They don't take that same approach, and I got to ask you, being someone that is a perfectionist and who is meticulous how does it make you feel to just like you know what I'm cool in my own lane just staying and doing me instead of just trying to waste my time work as you said working with a lot of people that have overblown egos and really don't understand the concept of what it takes to be a musician well you know I I always look back on history for everything history always tells a story History always repeats itself just with different people. Right. And one of the things that I've learned in history is, is let's take one example, Picasso. You didn't know who he was until he was dead. Right. Um, but the, the, you think he cared? He did what he did because that's what he loved. Right. That's where his heart was. It, it took me a long time to learn that, but once I locked into it, I didn't care. I don't care about the money. I don't care about the fame, the fortune, all the jet set, the limelight, the bling bling. I don't care about none of that. The only thing I care about is my family, my girl, my um, uh, my home, my kids. You know, I have my circle. That's right. all I care about is making them happy. And, and, and as long as we're happy, People can hate my music. I wouldn't care. I'm going to still put it out and have fun with it. So, At the end of the day, that's all that matters. It's how can you... Yeah. You've had an opportunity to travel around this world where most people dream of doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and dream of doing. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to, again, I really want to put the emphasis on songwriting. Where do you yeah. see yourself at now, comparing yourself to being a songwriter now at this stage of the game? And we'll go back, let's say, 15 years ago. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, man, you know what? It's like, you know, you go to school. You start at, in kindergarten. You, you know, you graduate, you get into the sixth grade. And then you get into the tenth grade. And then you graduate from school. And then college comes next. I feel like I've been through every stage. And now I've graduated with a master's degree in what it's all about. I, I understand every aspect of it. There's nothing anybody can show me that's new. And even in the new game that we see out here today, the hustle in the streets, I mean, it's it's the same game. It just got a different face on it. Right. So, yeah, so I feel like as a songwriter, um, that's my my creative input is it's graduated to the to the top degree um my music is so much more meaningful there's so much more depth to it i can write a song now that uh will last stand the test of time where when i was younger it's all about trying to copy the trend Right. What's everybody listening to? Oh no, got to talk about the booty. I got to. Talk. I don't know if I can say that. <laughs> but you know, you always, you always trying to really got your ear to the street. You always trying to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and, and see what you can write that's got that edge. Man, I don't care about none of that. Now it's about writing a real song, and I love doing that. Right. It's kind of hard to reinvent the reinvent the wheel when you been there done three times before and it's like I'm in a different mindset different lane now what kind of bass are you playing currently because every time I see you you have a different (laughs) bass that you use what what is your favorite bass that you like to play now man you you know what I don't have a favorite they they all do something different for me yeah there's this um, there's this uh, what is it called the Maonis that's the one I want now I was trying okay. to get get the factory to at least send me one so I could at least play around with it, try it out um, because they're they're really expensive. But that that that's going to be my next experiment because I I like what I'm hearing coming from that bass. But mm-hmm. man, I played a Limbic, Fender, uh, uh, Gibson. I mean, I you name it, I played it. I, I got eleven bases here in my house. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, because every time I get an opportunity to see you, you tease us a little bit on social media and give us a little five little minute into the window. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And I'm like, okay, he's teasing us with some music. I said, when is this cat getting in the studio and going to bless us uh, with, some, with some new music? Do you think it's more prevalent now for an artist to be independent instead of being on a major label? It, you know, really depends. Um, if you don't have the money, the capital, if you don't have throwaway disposable cash that you can throw, you know, two, three hundred thousand into the game, you're going to struggle. You know, if you're trying to get in that mainstream, you're going to struggle. I call it the one percenters of the music industry. They're the same people doing the same thing. Uh, very seldom do you see new people breaking through. And because um, it costs so much money to do so. Uh, so I'd say if you have the money, 
then, then stay independent, you know, like Kanye. I, I watched how he built his career, you know, and he, he pumped a lot of his own money back into the game. And a, a lot of those artists do that, you know, but if you don't have it like that, you can't do that and you need a record label to finance what you're doing. Well, you got to play that game. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Three, three, 360 deals are a beast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I find it interesting. A lot of artists that I've had the pleasure of conversing with, like yourself, the ones that were at one particular moment in time that were signed to major deals and now they're independent artists. They're having a very challenging time navigating through social media and being able to promote their music. How long did it take for you to get somewhat acclimated, <laughs> acclimated to get out there and use social media as a vehicle to promote your music or promote anything that you're doing? I, you know, I just kept like, it's like fishing, man. You just keep throwing a different lure in the water until something works. And I, I figured out how to get organic growth and organic followers, but getting breaking beyond you know like I, I got about you know 48 50 you know between 48 50 thousand right now that's a small amount in comparison to some of these guys but you can't look at it like that you have to look at it like heck if you got 5,000 followers if you could just build your following to 5,000 or 10,000 if 10,000 people pay $10 for a product that you present to them at a hundred thousand dollars a year see so there, there's ways that you can uh, make money as an artist without selling records you know right. it's just if you have a fan base that likes what you do they'll, they'll support you my fan base is very supportive of what I do and uh, somebody even said something bad about me you know they they come to bat for me. They like, dang. <laughs> you know, they, they attack. They, they'll start telling people off. So I, right. I like that. It's a projection. It, I mean, it must be one, I mean, special feeling to know that you have that kind of love and that kind of yeah. respect. And people, and I'm putting the emphasis on respect. Respect you as an artist. Respect yeah. you as a songwriter and also respect you as a man. Um, I know yeah. family has always played a very important but very private part in your life. And you've experienced so many things in your life. Can you can you tell the listeners and the people that are tuning in, having that kind of love and being able to have that kind of balance in your life, how has that been able to been beneficial for you over the years? It, you know, it, it, it taught me that... It, the value of life is not the things you possess. Right. See, real happiness comes from your, your the circle you build around you, your nest. Um, when I I had I have two boys, and when they were born, I left the industry. See, I I, I retired back in nineteen uh, about nineteen ninety two three somewhere around there. I had two sons. And I raised them the happiest moments of my life to to watch them grow. And even though, you know, there was complications, and, uh, but that's with anything. But right. in the end, now they have, I'm a grandfather. 
And wow. they're both they're <laughs> both married. Yeah, they're both successful business owners. They have their own lives. And the cool thing is they have so much love and respect for me. And that and they're so well rounded. That that's a joy. You you know, you can't ask for better than that. And that's because, you know, you, you once you learn what is important, that's where you put all your focus. Being on the road, traveling, uh, that comes with a whole different set of problems. And I wasn't going to introduce that to my family. I just wasn't going to do that. When I was single, it was great. But uh, I pushed all that aside, raised my family. I went and got a real job. You know, a lot, a lot, a lot of people don't know, you know. Uh, I got a college degree. I, I went I went to uh, to school. I learned computer science, and I was... I was hireable instantly, you know, because I had skills. And so I worked a lot of different types of jobs, especially uh, fiber optics. I mean, that was what I, my, my heart was in. And um, it's amazing how, you know, I went from riding first class to coach. Right. <laughs> but, but I loved it, you know. I got rid of the Ferraris, the Corvettes, all that, because... I realized that it's a dead asset. It's right. expensive, looks good to drive, man. You know, you get a lot of accolades, but when it breaks down, okay, that's $500 just to look at it. Right. You start, I started realizing I'm wasting a lot of money and what is that gonna do for my future? What I need to be doing is concentrating on the things that are important. And then when I started doing that, then, then my life started to just flow. It just flows now, and I wake up every morning, and I'm, I'm I'm happy. Sometimes, you know, I I come out the bedroom, and I'm just dancing like that little dog I be seeing on <laughs> on the internet, because I don't I don't care about nothing. You know, I'm just happy. So right. that's all that matters. You know, for most people, when they have that level of success and adulation. And you have so many people pulling from so many different directions, they find it very challenging just to say, well, you know what, I'm going to walk away from it because I have my priorities and what's important, what's important to me. Right now, um, I'm getting a lot of questions from the chat room again. I'm going to thank everyone for tuning in and tuning out all the negativity is definitely a beautiful experience for wolves for tuning in late. Shame on you. The teddy bear does. We'll be enjoying today, of course, by the one and only Mr. Brown. Mark, I got to ask you, man, um, how long did it take you to get comfortable in your own skin? Because a lot of us, I say as we as males, the level of transparency is very challenging to reveal who we are. How long did it get to that? How long did it take you to get to that point in your life to say, I'm just, I'm cool with being in the skin I'm in? I mean, it, it, it took a long time, you know, um, you know, I started in this business, you know, I was, I was a young kid. And uh, so I came in right out of high school, boom, and I hit the yeah. set. So, yeah, I didn't have a chance to really uh, figure out what it was all about yet, you know. Right. And I think that was one of the blessings I had with Prince being a mentor is he understood I was wet behind the ears. And so he was he wasn't easy on me, you know. I am I'm, I'm gonna say it right now. As big brother and he kicked my butt. And, 
Yeah, I'm big. I'm I'm bigger. I'm six feet. He was five two. I mean, I could have stomped on it a whole bunch of times. But you know what? Uh, I have a strong mother. I had a strong mother, and uh, she always kept me centered. And then having a big brother like Prince, I learned to shut my mouth and listen. See, put my ego in the back seat. Let me ride this wave. Right. And, you know, it's like surfing. You know, I, I I got on that wave. I didn't really know what I was doing, but he taught me how to keep it steady and keep it flowing. And um, once I learned that, you know, then he didn't like what he taught me. <laughs> 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 then, then, then he was just trying to step on my neck and keep me from moving um, but you know what it comes with the game and I don't hate you for that man you know it's like uh, if I were in, in his shoes and I had somebody in my band you know that was coming up in the ranks and doing his own thing I'd be a little you know, I would have to have a second game plan as well, you know. Right. Kind of put him on a leash. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Say, you know, you messing up my game now. I got to hold you back a little bit. So, gonna, so gonna, you know. I've taught you too much. You learned too, too much. That's too exactly much. What. <laughs> I, when, when, I, when I left, when I quit the band, you know, for all you fans who think that the revolution got, you know, disbanded. No, I quit. Okay, we, we were not fired. I left, and when I left, then it disbanded. Right. But when I made that transition and I and I went on my own, he tried to bring me into the MPG. You know, he uh, it was Sheila E on drums. It was going to be me on bass, Levi and and uh, uh, Mika Weaver on on uh, uh, guitar, and Michael Bland on the uh, percussion. No, no, this was before. Before Bland was even a part of it. Okay. Okay. And then, and then um, he had, uh, you know, of course, Doctor Fink on the keys, and uh, I don't remember the other person, but I said no. You know, I, I, I said Prince, I graduated from Purple University, man. I said you, you, you helped me get this far. I said it's time for me to step off the nest and fly. You know, and he had so much respect for me when I said that. Even though he owed me a lot of money, I wanted to ring his neck, but he still. <laughs> but you know, but that wasn't my drive. My drive was, you know, yo, time to fly. I learned all this stuff. Let me test it out. And and he supported me with that, and he uh, helped me to leave. Gave me open space at Paisley. I mean, he really gave me my own my own space at Paisley. That's how I got a lot of. Uh, a lot of production projects, you know. So I own my own studio uh, down the street. I lived in Eden Prairie. He was in Chanhassen. All of his roll-offs would come to my studio. Mm -hmm. So I had a, I had a, uh, a uh, income base even there. I mean, so he, he didn't just leave me hanging. So, uh, but when I when I left the band, that was when I really started to uh, figure out. How this game works, you know, and man, it, 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 I did not like what I saw. <laughs> I really did, and, you know. I I did. I realized how sheltered I was being in his band, well, the Revolution, you know. Right. 
and I realized how sheltered I was. Because the, the business is beast. It's no joke. Yeah. I remember a lot of things that he was going through on the business aspect. And like you said, you were being sheltered from that. It's like, okay, I'm out here on my own. It's like, whoa. Now I have an understanding of what he was dealing with as far as on the business aspect, as far as dealing with the labels and everything else and having control of your masters. Yeah. It's, it's, inc- it's incredible. For the novice, the people that are tuning in and, and young artists who are even thinking about getting involved in this business, can you explain to them how important it is to have control over their masters? Well, I, I'll give you a, a situation right now uh, as an example. Okay. I There's a group in um, Germany uh, that took a song of mine without my permission. Um, so I'm fighting for that. But guess what? I don't own the masters to the original. Really? So that made my task harder. See? Because I, I can't go back and get the original recording because uh, the song is very different, but it's the same thing. So I have to prove that, see? And when you don't own your masters, that's that's a real hard thing to isolate and to prove your point. Um, that's just one aspect. Uh, there's a lot of other things that come into play not owning your masters. And... Um, so, I my advice to anybody is if you can stay away from a major deal and do it on your own, that's that's the best route because it's best to use your own money if you can do it. But if you have to go that route, you just gotta lawyer up, get you a good lawyer behind you, and understand what you're giving up. You know, don't give it all up just because oh they they, they throwing. Two hundred fifty thousand in my face. They said, "Ooh, look, you can get you a new car with this." You know, right. go take your girl. I mean, don't don't fall for that okey doke. I mean, because that money's gonna run out so fast. That ain't no money. You know, somebody offer you two hundred fifty thousand. That ain't no money. When they making ten times that. Right. You know, so uh, own your masters, then you own the control. See. Then you got the control. When you lose the control, you're at the mercy of the label. If, the, if you're doing well for the label, then hey, they're going to keep feeding you. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the minute your junk start drying up, please, you're yeah. a whole different ball game. And what I've seen over the last two years, I'm seeing a lot of artists who have actually sold their catalogs to the labels. And I'm like, wow, I'm I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time wrapping my head around it because, yeah, you're selling your you're selling you're selling your soul to get something some as far as monetary in return. But the amount of money that the label can make off owning the catalog is it's yes, incredible from using it to commercials, to television, to movie for anything. And I'm thinking. I said, what is the mindset of an artist at that time that they will be willing to sell off their entire catalog like that? Well, I, I did it once, you know, okay. I got it all back, you know, my deal okay. is over. And so I got it back, you know, at the end of my deal, it came back to me. 
But I, but I remember it was the money. Is uh, you know, when you, somebody throws that kind of cash in your face, you're like, ooh, ooh, I can invest this. I, ooh, you know, I, you know, you, you, you feel like you're on top of the world. When you get my age, you learn the difference between being rich and being wealthy. Oh yeah. See? You know, I was rich, but never wealthy. See? Mm-hmm. And one, once you realize the difference, it's like, ooh got to own your stuff man i'll give you an example uh, i'm not going to say the product but i did a song for a major company okay i was seeing checks at forty-five thousand dollars a month and that was just one project and them checks would be sitting up on my fireplace i forgot that i even had them <laughs> You know, my friends would be coming over, they'd be like, they'd be like, did you know you got a check up here? I'd be like, I do. Oh, man, get that here. Let me, you know, nowadays you can just take a picture of it and deposit it. But back then, you used to have to drive to the bank, you know. But them checks was coming in so regular. That's the beauty of owning your own stuff. The minute I got, uh, I sold my catalog, that, that stopped. Checks were going to them. You know, I, I still made good money, but now I'm splitting it 50-50. Right. Where before I had the whole thing, and that was looking juicy. <laughs> Brother was eating porterhouse and, and you know ribeyes every night. I mean, I, I was doing you know that was nice. Oh man, you know what's Holy so what's so interesting? I thought when you when you left. I thought you were going to make that transition like uh, Danny Elfman did when he left Ongo Boingo and started doing a lot of movie soundtracks. And I thought that was going to be your next progression. Do you have any interest as far as doing soundtracks for movies? You know, uh, oh man, that's such a such a discussion. Just to put it simple, man, that's, that's it's all about who you know. Right. You know, I mean, I know uh, a lot of cats doing sync licensing and stuff right now. Even that's hard to get into, but, you know, it's easier than it was back in the day. But that business is so locked up, just like when I was doing commercial. Mm-hmm. You know, Pepsi, I did uh, 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 cereal commercials. I mean, it, these jingle houses got this stuff so locked up. And unfortunately, there, there's just a lot of, you know, racial inequities there you know there just is and um but i i would love to get into that i definitely know everything about it i mean i know how to but every time i tried it's just i hit stone walls just stone walls and i i can't figure out why right i i can write i mean i can write orchestrated uh i got on youtube i got uh uh, a video I did is called uh, Kingdom, A Kingdom of Melody It's just showing a different side of me And you listen to that You can see I can I can do it I can score You know But I, it's like How do you get How do you get somebody to give you that shot You know that that's, that's a hard thing to do It ain't as easy as people think it is I've heard that several times. What are, I wanted to ask you, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about you that they don't really truly know? 
<laughs> about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, a lot of people think I can't sing. They think I just play bass. Uh, yeah, that's not true. Uh, a lot of people think that um, all I know how to do is be a backup musician. Not true. Um, I, I, I've managed more bands than Maserati. Um, I've done a lot of things people don't know. I was the guy behind the scenes. Um, but I think the, 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 the biggest misconception that I think people have about me is that I give a care about this industry. Because I don't, I just care less. I, you know, I mean, it's like, it's fun as long as it's fun. But when it's not fun for me anymore, I'm out. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need to do it. I don't have to. You know? And so, yeah, as far as any other misconceptions, I, I don't really, I haven't heard too many things, but I'm pretty sure if anybody's got some out there, I'll give them a correction right now. <laughs> I don't let them ask the question, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm one thing about me, I'm very verbal. I mean, I'm very black and white. I tell it like it is. I don't have hair on my tongue. There you go, and that's a beautiful thing, man. The yeah. book inside the, <laughs> my goodness, the book that you had written about being with Prince. Um, I've had an opportunity on several occasions to read the book from beginning to end, and you revealed a lot of stuff. You experienced a lot of different things, ebbs and flows of being around someone that is so demanding, so demanding. But I also took from it that you learned so much from him, and I can, that vibe that I get that that level of respect that you had for one another yeah. it shines yeah. through that book and I'll go as far as the love that you have for one another it completely comes through in that book and I wanted to ask you it's hard for me because you and I we're about the same age and well <laughs> I'm only 30 man come on yeah. guys. <laughs> You know, we're both 21, man. We just, yeah, we, there you we, go. We, we both 21, and man, <laughs> man, to see, and I'll be the first to admit, man, when Andre left and you replaced him, I said, wait a minute, who's this cat? And to see you perform, man, you completely blew me away. And I must admit, it hurt my heart when you left. It hurt my heart. It, it, it did, man. It, it, it really hurt. It just, it wasn't the same. And I know you had an opportunity on several occasions to kind of look back and reflect. If you had an opportunity to have a conversation with Prince, what would be some of the things that you guys would talk about? Some of the things that you would bring to his attention or some of the things that you would like to know or tell him, express to him? Oh, um. You know, the funny thing is, he and I talk more than anybody realizes. You know, um, me, me and Prince share the same religion. And only I was introduced to it years before he was. Okay. Um, but that commonality 
is what made he and I remain sane with each other. Because um, there were things that he did to me that the person I was 35 years ago, I mean, I would have rang his neck, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, he, he did, he did me wrong. He did me wrong, wrong, wrong in so many ways, but you don't ever hear me talk too much about it because who cares? It's over now, you know, I'm a happy man, you know, I'm living my life. Um, but before he died, we were in lots of conversations. And one of the conversations that I was going to have with him, and I was just waiting, and I know he was waiting for me to be finished waiting. (laughs) (laughs) He knew knew it was coming. Kiss. Kiss was one of the biggest hits ever uh, from his, you know, catalog ever to be released. One of the biggest. I'm a 50-50 writer on that. That's my music. I wrote that and he totally undercut me. And I was going to confront him about it. And I was just going to say, yo, man, so we friendly now and stuff. Why don't you get friendly with that bank account? <laughs> you know, and you, you, you know the deal. You know, you know what's right. up. And because that's just how me, I talk to him, you know, I, I'm right. not afraid. I'm not a butt kisser. I mean, it's like, you know, and he knew that about me. So we, you know, we, we could do this. Right. And um, uh, I was in Paisley Park. He had flown me. I was living in California. He flew me out. And um, yeah, several occasions he was, he, I could tell he wanted to put me in one of his bands or ask me that I want to play. He would fly me out and we would jam up in Paisley. You know, that's when John Blackwell was around. And, and you know, we, we had some fun. Um, so I was able to get a lot off my chest with him about our past. Even Maserati, there's a lot of stuff nobody knows. Right. Um, so we were able to clear the air and let bygones be bygones. The past is the past. But the one thing was kids. <laughs> he knew it was coming. And I was waiting. He formed Third Eye Girl, and I was just waiting for the next opportunity because I knew once he got settled, he was going to call me to Paisley again because this was very frequent. and Or he would call me 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and he would just be, he would be in that rambling mood, and he'd just start talking. And I was just going to tell him. I was just going to flat and lay it out and say, yo, man, you got to make that right. You know, we can't forget about that. Right. And um, then he passed away, man. It broke my heart, you know. Not that I didn't get to talk to him, but that we were finally for the first time since we were young, two men. We're men now. Right. And, and we were conversing with each other as men. See, it wasn't no... You know, oh, you know, I'm bigger than you are, you know. And, and, and my jock strap's bigger than yours, you know. It was none of that kind of stuff. It was, it was like two men, and, and with with nothing but the utmost of respect for each other. And when you can talk on that level, man, things get done. You know, a lot of closure happens. And I had to go. You know, I needed therapy when I quit the revolution. 
you know, and, and um, to come full circle like that and actually reconnect with him on that level to where we actually became friends, that, that was the best thing in the world for me. See, that trumped all the stuff that I had that I was angry about. It trumped it all. And then when he passed away, it was like, oh, wow, I, I can't talk to him anymore. I, right. I, I, can't, I can't have these conversations, you know. So, yeah, that was, that was hard. It's a huge difference when you make that transition from being a mentor to being brothers. It's, exactly. Yeah, you know, you, it's like, wait a minute, we're on the same level. I'm not, he's not treating me like, no, I'm, I'm, he's not a mentor anymore to me. He, we're, we're brothers. We can sit down and have a conversation exactly. like like two grown men now. And if I'm not, please educate, because if I'm not mistaken, as far as Kiss, Kiss was originally slated to go on Maserati's album, wasn't it? Exactly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it was. And, and, you know, I heard somebody make a comment. It really, really pissed me off. Somebody made a comment that, no, uh, Prince Prince wrote that already, and he put it on a, a, a cassette and gave it gave it to Daisy or gave it some. That's some bull, okay? I'm, you know, I'm going to tell you right now, that's some bull. And, you know, Prince, did, Prince, Prince had an open communication with me. He didn't have to give something to me in some roundabout way. Right. He came to me with a cassette and handed that to me. And it was him playing the acoustic guitar. You don't have to be beautiful to turn me on. That's what he was doing. Right. And that, that's how he would write. And, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling I see what you're saying. He said, man, we need to do that on Maserati. I was like, I was like, no, man, that's <laughs> <laughs> what? That's some Bob Dylan stuff. I said, I don't want none of that on my record. What are you talking about? He said, No, man. Just you know, just put your thing on it. And you know, he said, man, he said something like this is gonna set them off. So I went into the studio, Sunset Sound. You know, you're gonna hear a lot of different stories. But I'm gonna tell you right now, they all lie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm the only one that got the truth on this this story. And uh, but. You know, I started out, I, I played a DX drum. I, I used to program my drums on a DX because I didn't want to sound like Prince with the Lin 9000. Okay. Uh, or the uh, uh, the original Lin, the LM1. I, I didn't want that sound. I wanted it to be different. So Kiss was done on a DX, uh, a DX1, I believe it was called, you know. And you know, I started it out with this just the drum beat, just I was like, you know, I'm thinking club. I'm like, okay, what, what, okay. And then I got the beat, and then I said, let me put the bass on it. I said, I got, I got my feel now. Terry, get in here. Don't have to be beautiful. And it started to feel good. Started adding all the little log, log drums, all the little different uh, bell sounds, bells and whistles. Prince walks into the studio. Oh, David Z, he did an excellent job with Miles Wright uh, with the background vocals. He's a good vocal producer, and he brought those guys in and put that little church thing on it. You know, ah, you know that right. whole thing that they would do. I don't have to be rich. 
that whole just the way the harmonies you know it was incredible i was like oh man it's gonna be this is gonna be the bomb <laughs> man this dude walks into the studio and when prince gets that smirk and everybody knows the smirk i'm talking about he gets that devilish smirk on his face and then he starts laughing i was like oh this ain't good <laughs> and he said, he's like where, where where are you going mark i said we we gonna go get some dinner come back and you know finish up hmm uh you should let me work on it a little bit i said what what, what do you mean work on it you don't need no work <laughs> you know and he said no you know i just want to tweak it i'll put some stuff on it. man that was the biggest mistake i came back about two hours later he comes walking in the studio he's looking around and he said i'm like what's up man he said I want you to hear something. I said, oh, man. I said, here we go. So he said, don't don't let the other guys come, just you. So we walk over to Studio A. Sunset Sound. And I was like, oh. <laughs> he done took the song, you know, had that. I said, oh. <laughs> I said, dude, I said, what did you do? You did that in two hours. Yeah. We literally went to dinner. He came back. He had his whole his whole vibe on that song. And he said, and then he stopped the tape and he's like, you know, this would be better on us. <laughs> said, just like a, I sound like some Dave Chappelle right now. Said, you know, this would be better on us. <laughs> And I was like, I, I looked at him, I said, us? Us? I mean, are you saying that I'm going to get some, you know, this is 50-50. I got some right there on this ride. He said, yeah, man, the revolution. He said, you know, this, this is going to be a big hit. He said, you know, they, they, this song ain't going to do that well with them. It's going to be better on us. I'm just thinking, seeing dollar signs. I'm seeing retirement, you know. Right. So I'm like, I, was, I, I said, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. He said, okay, good, good. So you you go tell him. I was like, oh, you mother, <laughs> how you gonna tell me? I gotta go tell him because they was all pissed off. They were all mad. And but anyway, that that's how that song was birthed. I mean, that's where it came from. And. uh one of his biggest hits and I, I really really wanted to have a chat with him on that one i can only imagine what that sound what that song would have sounded like on that maserati album because that maserati album from 100 miles 100 miles an hour players ball oh my yeah. god <laughs> that was a bad album hey did you hear you know you know quest love uh has the original maserati version of his have you ever heard it? No, I haven't. Man, man, hit Quest up, man. Okay. <laughs> he, he he got that jump, man. He he plays it uh when he when he's uh you know spinning. Okay. And, and he'll play it. He'll play it. Before he plays the original Prince version, he plays the Maserati version. And I know when people hear it, they're shocked. They're like, wait a second, wait. Oh, they stole that from Prince. Nah, no, nah, it's the opposite way around. <laughs> the opposite way around, but, you know. Man, how did you get them cast together on Maserati from Craig Screaming Powell to Sir Casey? I mean, man, that was <laughs> that group, yeah. man, was I mean, was was wild, man. Wild, full of energy, full of energy. It yeah. Was, yeah. 
them was my boys, man. I, I, I miss them. I, you know, we started out in my, in my bedroom okay. at my house. Cause you know, my mom wasn't playing. I was still living at home. And I, <laughs> you know, and me and Terry, we used to run together in high school. So, okay. you know, we, we only been out of school like one and a half years or something like that. I knew he could sing a little bit. And so he's the first one I went and got. And, you know, I said, man, we should, we should do this band. And, and you'll be the lead singer. He looked at me like, what? <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> he, he, he didn't grow up thinking he was ever going to be a singer in a band. You know, it just wasn't what, what he was looking at for his life. And I talked him into it, and I got him to do it. And he said, you got to show me the ropes, man. I showed him the ropes. I showed him everything I was being taught. That's why Terry was such a bad boy, man. It's like he, he was getting it from me, but I was getting it from Prince. He was basically getting firsthand education on how to be a rock star, you know. And, man, when Terry used to walk out on that stage, I mean, the, he really took it and enveloped it. I mean, he... He had this power about him where he controlled his stage. You know, I love that about him. And then Screamer was playing in this other band. He's from, uh, I think, Rock Island, the tri-state area over there, uh, Illinois. So I found him and, you know, he kind of had to look. Because I knew what I was going for. I want this uh, ACDC Guns N' Roses meets Cameo, you know. Right. I, I knew what I wanted, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah, and so uh, Screamer work, and then uh, we we I said we gotta have a white drummer. We gotta be white. Right. We gotta have a long hair. <laughs> you know, we got Kale. Kale, right. Kale, Kale used to hit them drums so hard, man. He just go through skin. And I was like, okay, we got the whole thing is coming together. Then we found Aaron. The keyboard player, that big old hair, yeah. the way he would dance, I was like, Aaron's the bomb. It's like, you know, it, a lot of people would complain. They would say, man, you know, but Aaron don't don't play as good as some of you know. I said, who cares? I said, this boy can play and dance. I said, that's all I need. Are you kidding me? And then Tony Christian, Tony Christian was walking down the street. I knew I needed a guitar player. And I also needed somebody when I wasn't around that could give these guys a reminder of what their image is. Right. I saw this dude, I was driving down the street and I saw him, I did a U-turn. Came back around and said, yo man, I said, do you, you play music? He said, yeah man, you know, I play a little bit. <laughs> I was like, man, you wanna be in a band? He was like, yeah man, you know, I play bass, I do this and that. So anyways, long story short, that's how we got Christian. He lived in Milwaukee. So I okay. let him stay at my house. Okay. So, you know, my, my house was the hotel. I had Giorgio Alatini up in there, you know, uh, Chico DeBarge. I mean, my, my house was like the, the hotel. Right. And, <laughs> but, you know, we put that jump together, and I'll never forget the first show. People didn't even know what to do. They just looked, they stared. And uh, I hid it from Prince for three three years, playing. You know, I, I knew they were ready. I said, "You guys got to play clubs. You have to. You can't just go out there and be a star. You got to learn what it's all about." Right. And so 
we we got them a booking agency, and then they started playing around the, the you know the uh, the the states around Minnesota, and Prince got wind to it. Prince heard about him. You could not not hear about him. I mean, they were so upcoming. They were like the rivals of the time. Right. The time was, you know, too hot to be cool. Well, they were, you know, uh, uh, their their line was, no, their, the, the, the time was, I'm cool. Maserati was, I'm too hot to be cool. Yeah. So they, we, they were rivals, and we set it up that way because we wanted, even though they were very different bands, that was my way to let people know this is something to pay attention to. And uh, he found out about it, uh, flew me out to L.A., picked me up at the airport. He don't do that. Prince don't pick nobody up at the airport. Right. He picked me up. I said, oh, no. I was like, what is going on? And we were driving. He said, Mark, I, I know you got a band. I was like, wow. I was like, how did you find out, man? He said, man, you know, it's going to be a matter of time. You know, he said, who's the shadow? Who's the shadow? He said, I knew that was you. I could tell by the sound. And then, um, so anyway, long story short, you know, he said, you know, we brothers need to stick together and all. He gave me the spiel, and I was like, okay, man, okay. I'll sign him the Paisley. You know, I signed him the Paisley because, you know, he pressured me. <laughs> man, I, I remember it like it was yesterday because when I first seen the actually the first video and I said, you know what? I got to go down to the record store. I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but that's all right. I had to go down to the record store and buy that album. And I still have that album to this day. And man, like I said, the album, the, the entire album from a sonic concept is incredible and man and that's why i said so when i get him on the show i just wanted to let him know first and foremost man you did a masterful job on the production of that album the album cover is something man i would i would expect something (laughs) like that (laughs) the whole album cover was wild i I love that I, i love that man we so, we are all things to all people. That's that's right. what that album cover is about. I don't care if you're blue, purple, black, white. It didn't matter. You know, long blonde hair or dark. You know, it didn't matter. You know, fire is in the eyes. We we coming at you, and that that's what that whole album cover was about. Man, it, it was beautiful. People didn't realize it back then, but you know, I, I you know. Everything that I did was conceptual, you know, so I would come up with concepts and I would build on them. So. Well, just to let you know, man, we have so many people in the chat room and the first, a lot of the things are saying, they want some new music. They want you to put out some new music. And I said, hey, man. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. They want some new music. They definitely it's want coming. some new music. It's coming. It's coming. Man, 2023, I've already been working on a lot of different stuff. It's really cool. Um, I just want it to be right, though. You know, I don't care about if it's a hit or not, but I want the music to be banging. And right. the other thing is, um, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are waiting for me to come out with this uh, this online bass course. Right. And, you know, I just want to let the fans know what happened is 
you know, there's developers, there's people involved in doing that stuff. And with what I was going to develop, this interactive base course was bigger than just the base course. I mean, what I'm doing with this is I'm, I'm letting people get a taste of A-list. I don't care if you come in here way, on the, way down here, you're going to get the interaction that I got when I got to play with Prince. You're going to have that. You're going to have access to all the big stars that play. And, and the way I have it set up is so cool. I can't give too much of it away. But I don't have control of the development time. And that that's the problem. And so I'm a little frustrated, but I, I got to be patient. But when it comes out, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's gonna be dope. Man, but we're waiting on that. And I just want to let you know, man, again, it was an honor to have you on the show. I've been waiting a long time. And, I, man, when I had an opportunity to see you guys collectively perform in Syracuse at the Carrier Dome, okay. <laughs> to this day, I have never seen a concert like that to equal oh, wow. match. It was just it was something magical. It's, you you see something when, they, when people are really quick to say a once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime event. I can honestly say for me personally, that was a once in a lifetime experience. Something like that can never be replaced. It can never be duplicated ever again, man. It really can. I just want to tell you how much I love you, how much oh, I respect you. you. And man, whatever you need, please do not hesitate to let me know, man, when that when the music is ready, like grandma's cookies and he's still in love, a little soft center here, man. <laughs> man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you. <laughs> no problem. Be sure to catch up with Mark on all of his social media websites, on Instagram, also on Facebook, on Twitter. Make sure you go there, support him, get all the latest updates and hopefully soon we'll get an opportunity to see this brother perform live wherever it is man he said well teddy bear how are we gonna get there trains planes automobiles <laughs> you have to get on the camel make sure you have it man god bless you man and much continued success and love to you wow thank you man thank you god bless the legendary brown mark here in the zone of night tracks radio my goodness i want to thank everyone for tuning in and watching the broadcast live and even people in the chat room, thank you so much for joining us again. Be sure that you follow, subscribe, whatever you need to do to get all of the latest updates on what Brown Mark is doing on his social media website on Instagram.com forward slash Brown Mark official. And if I'm not mistaken, the same handle on Facebook, we're going to be, but it's Brown Mark fan, Brown Mark official fan, I believe. <laughs> it's all there. But I want to thank everyone for tuning in and supporting the show. It's definitely been a beautiful experience. And as in always, keep it so full here on Night Tracks Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.